hey, hey, you, stop what you're doing, especially if you're sabotaging yourself. One of the most important projects you'll ever work on is getting out of your own freaking way. And guess what? I've got someone to help you with that. Rachel Wilson Thibodeau, my little big sister, award-winning speaker, digital marketing consultant, author, brand strategist, and not to mention she's an expert at wearing high heels because she's kind of height-challenged, if you know what I mean. But on the flip side, she sounds taller than she really is. Okay, I digress. Welcome to the project. Get out of your own way podcast with Rachel Wilson Tipido. Hey, 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 brilliant people. Welcome back to Project Get Out Your Own Way podcast. This is your host, Rachel Wilson Thibodeau, Rachel Wilson Thibodeau. And of course, once again, I am excited to be back with you. I'm excited to jump back into our Houston Swag-tastic women series. This is part one. We're still in part one. Part two is coming up, so stay tuned. We're going to be talking to Tiffany Taylor Hicks. Excited about that. Before we jump into the this episode, I do have just a couple of announcements. One, I am also excited to announce that the podcast has been added to iHeart Radio. Yes, we are now on iHeart Radio. So you can listen on your iPhone, your Android, as well as via the website, the iHeartRadio website, which is iHeartRadio.com. So we are out there, y'all. We, we're on another podcast platform, and that is in addition to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. Yeah, all out there. And of course, we're on Instagram as well. You can follow the page, follow the podcast on Instagram at Get Out The Way Podcast. Get Out The Way Podcast on Instagram. Also, some of you have heard me mention the My Message Matters conference. If you have listened to some of the previous episodes, you heard me talk about that. I am really looking forward to that conference. It's part of a tour. It's returning to Houston in just a couple of short weeks on September 28th, September 28th. So whether you are in Houston, whether you expect to be in Houston, and if neither of those apply, then maybe you need to get on a plane, get on a train, <laughs> get into a car, some some way, get to Houston on September 28th. That is, especially if you have a message and not just if you have a message, if you are a coach, a consultant, an author, a speaker, if you are holding down a nine to five job, you want to start your business or you have a business and you want to grow that business, even more so if it's through your message, if you really believe your message and that that looks like different things for different people. Maybe that's a book. Maybe that's a blog. Maybe that is a series of videos or, or a YouTube channel. I mean, it there there are so many ways. Maybe it's a podcast. There are so many ways today to get out content and to make a difference with that content and to monetize that content. So you absolutely need to be in the room. You need to, to be in the place, have your face in the place. Y'all know how I like to rhyme occasionally. You need to be at My Message Matters conference on September 28th. You can go to MyMessageMatters.com, MyMessageMatters.com. You can reach out to me if you want a discount. Now, I can send you a special link to give you a discount on those tickets. So shoot me shoot an email to info at swagstrategy.com, info at swagstrategy.com. You can also shoot me a DM on Instagram at rachel.theswagstrategist, rachel.theswagstrategist. You can also 
reach me on LinkedIn. You can reach me on Facebook. There, there's several places online where you can reach me. And in case I didn't mention it, now yours truly will be one of the dynamic speakers at the conference, as well as the wonderful Tiffany Taylor Hicks, who whose interview you'll be hearing in just a moment. And once you hear this podcast, I think you will agree that Tiffany Taylor Hicks is, yeah, she's the truth. She she is powerful and someone you need and probably will want to hear more of. So both myself and Tiffany are two of several uh, awesome speakers that you'll hear at the My Message Matters conference. Again, check that out coming up on September 28th. So let's jump into this episode. Now, just a, a few of the things that you will learn in this episode. Tiffany Taylor Hicks is going to break down her four R's system, the four R's. And I will let I'll, I'll let her tell you more about that. But one of those R's is retention. I, I do want to just give you a, a, a little taste there. One of the R's is retention. And I mentioned that because retention, I think, is something that business owners and other leaders sometimes overlook. And that's a mistake. I, I've been guilty of that as well. We, we get so caught up in trying to get more of something or trying to get new something. And the something can be clients. The something could be customers. The, the something could be donors or uh, fundraisers or partners. We, we're always looking ahead. We're, we're always thinking of, you know, how, how can we get more of whatever and sometimes forgetting <laughs> the power of what we already have, the power of our existing customers, the power of our existing database, our existing donors, our existing readers, our existing resources. There are ways that you can retain and make sure you retain what you already have. That That is very important. So that's something that, that you'll hear about. You'll also hear about how being a cheerleader, being a cheerleader, being really supportive is not always a good thing and can even be kind of an example of getting in your own way. I, I know you, you may have not thought that, but just pay attention. Just just get ready. All right. And you will hear about the connection <laughs> Tiffany's connection between her laptop and a husband. Now, yeah, I, I know that's not usually a connection you think about, but you'll find out how how that is. Those two things are, are connected. Laptop, husband. <laughs> and so get ready Get you a snack, get you something to drink. If you're driving, of course, keep your eyes on the road, but get ready, get ready for episode seven with Tiffany Taylor Hicks. Hello, hello, hello. Okay, so there are a number of things to admire about Miss Tiffany Taylor Hicks. One thing, though, in particular, I especially like is that she has three names like I do. I, I just think people with three names are special people. So <laughs> Tiffany, don't you agree? I do agree. And mine is actually adopted. It's an interesting story. But yes, I do agree that people that have hyphenated names are amazing. So I always like to jump in with a very important question. So I, I have to I have to prepare you, Tiffany. This is this is a pretty significant. This may be the most important question I ask throughout this episode. So, are, are you are you ready? I am prepared. Okay. All right. So, I happen to know you are a wine drinker like me. So I yes. just have to know: red or white? Red. Every day, all day. Okay. All right. 
I, I'm warming up. See, I told I told you guys this was very important. It is super I, I'm, important. I'm warming up to red. I've been a white fan, white wine fan for I don't know how long, but I'm I'm starting to to like some reds. Yes, uh, Pinot Noir is my actual favorite. Um, and then I can even be more specific. Mayomi um, is amazing. It's one of those things that just really relaxes you. And you know, doctors say that one glass of red wine per day is really good for your circulation. So, I mean, I'm just going to go ahead and be a proponent for that. But red wine is absolutely amazing. Cool. All right. So guys, I'm going to share a, a little about Tiffany and then we're going to talk more and, and let her share even more. So Tiffany Taylor Hicks is a CEO and co-founder of Velvet Rope Experience Training Solutions and Nonprofit Networking Cafe. She's a training consultant and facilitation expert with 50 15 years, 15 plus years of business management, marketing, and training development experience. She's worked with Fortune 500 brands such as Samsung and Verizon, and she has developed facilitating training classes for People Fund, SCORE, and several organizations to help small business owners improve their bottom line. She is a content creator. She is a lifestyle blogger. She's a mover and shaker, influencer here in Houston and, and beyond. And Tiffany, I noticed something um, actually on your Facebook page that I thought was really interesting. And it, it seems to be a major objective of yours when working with organizations. It's something called the four R's. Yes. Can you talk a little about that. So when I was thinking about as a consultant and when I do content and I do training, what is the bottom line um, for entrepreneurs, for business owners, and also for nonprofits as well? What is their bottom line? And I decided to put that into something that was memorable so that when I chat with people or network with people, I could really explain the impact that my business has on their business or can have on their business. And so those are super important. So that is revenue, reviews referrals and retention. Um, I like to get people to understand that we are really in an age where your reviews and your referrals are directly related to your revenue. And the retention yeah. of your customers is directly related to your revenue. So having a good grasp or understanding of those four R's and how you navigate through them, how your content is written for that, and even how you train your employees and how you talk with the public at large has a lot to do with those four R's. Yeah, I mean, because the, those four things are what most organizations want, I, I would think. Those are, are pretty important. So I, I wanted you to, to share a bit more about that. I, I think that's awesome. So obviously, you have a, a lot of experience. You have an impressive resume. Um, you've worked with a number of people, number of organizations. As a woman, because a key part of this audience are women, um, would you say women tend to get in their own way more than men? Absolutely. What are some examples of that <laughs> that you've possibly seen? Here's the interesting thing. Um, prior to entrepreneurship, um, being a training manager, um, I thought that I had a really, really good command of moving and management and relationship building, right? Mm -hmm. But it is so different when you move out of corporate um, relationship building into your own from a perspective of being an entrepreneur or a business owner, right? Yeah. So there are so many ways that we get in our way in corporate, but it is a whole different ballgame when you're an entrepreneur. So the first thing that I would say that that we do is we apologize too much. Like we are apologetic for everything. It, it yes. could be something that someone else did. And with the first thing we do is we throw on an apology. Um, someone will make us uncomfortable and make things difficult for us as an entrepreneur, whether it's a client, whether it's someone you're partnering with. And a lot of times we will apologize because we're trying to smooth things over. And I want us to stop doing that because a lot of times we need to be intentional um, and we need to understand that there are there, let's be realistic. There are, are, are adult bullies. 
there are going to be people who are going to want you to do things their way because it's a control factor. But as long as you are uh, are diligent and as long as you believe in yourself and as long as you believe in your way and what you're doing, and if you have the best interest of the situation in hand, it is okay to be you. It is okay to stand up for yourself and you don't have to apologize. Now, if you're wrong, that's a little different. If you are actually wrong, you, you are the culprit in a situation. You should be comfortable with apologizing because that's part of being a leader. But as women, we have to learn not to apologize for everything because everything is not our fault. It's not. And see, this just goes goes to show you great minds (laughs) think alike. But because, oh, my goodness, I see that so much. And I didn't really notice it, I think, at first. I mean, I, I spent over 16 years in corporate America and it always kind of bugged me. And I was guilty of that occasionally, not as much as I, I've seen some other women, but I started to notice it more. And it's just like, what is going on? What What is up with that? So... I, and I, I will tell you that I was extremely guilty of it. Um, I'm a peacemaker. I'm usually the person that always wants everyone to get along. Um, and it's interesting because for a lot of years, people told me that that was a bad quality to have as a leader. But as an entrepreneur, I have learned that being able to mediate, being able to express your feelings and be able to get, being able to get people to come together is actually a, it's a very good trait when you're talking about business, especially for, um, especially for what it is that I do as it relates to consulting. And when you're talking with clients who may be on a totally in up, opposite end of a spectrum versus where you're trying to get them to. So being able to explain in a way that doesn't, doesn't, that, that shows like, you know, Hey, I want to be helpful. I want to make sure you get what you need and this is what you need, but knowing that you don't have to apologize for your expertise. You don't have to apologize for what you know, because that's why people came to you. They came to you for your help. They came to you for your knowledge and for your expertise. And you don't have to apologize for that. And I learned that from a wonderful lady. Her name is uh, Devin, um, Devin Manning Randon. And I might have her, her, she's a hyphen, hyphenated name too, but she's amazing. And we had like this long talk about it about a year ago. And I said, you know what? She's right. I need to make some adjustments because I can, I can mediate and bring people together and that brings a secondary thing. You know, the thing that I think that as women that we do that get in, gets in our way, we don't negotiate as much as men, right? So when we talk about our worth and our price, a lot of times we lowball ourselves and we think, oh, I really want to get this client. So I'm going to give a price that will make them more, um, make them more apt to want to work with me. Mm-hmm. Often the price is already too low. Um, and and I and I've had a lot of experiences with that over the last, I want to say four years, um, just getting myself to a point where I truly understood my value and my worth. And one of the things I noticed was when someone cuts you a check in corporate, you know exactly what your value is according to that paycheck. You know what it is every two weeks. You know what it is monthly. You know what it is yearly. And we often give more even in that situation. We often deserve more in corporate. When you have your own business, a lot of times you have to change your thinking and you have to say, okay, I made this in corporate, but my intellectual property and all the experience that I bring into this thing is worth even more than what I was getting paid in corporate. And you know that you have the opportunity to design and dictate your worth. And so often because we need clients when we're entrepreneurs, so often because we have bills that need to be paid, we just want to get the client on the hook. And then what we do is we lowball ourselves and then we get frustrated because we're not being paid what we're worth. And then we have all this work that we have to do. And what we have to notice is that we can set the bar high and negotiate to something that is amicable. That's what I've learned. And that's one of the ways, the two things that I feel like women most get in their way is apologizing for everything, even when it's not their fault. And then not really understanding their value and worth and not being willing to negotiate up. Right. I think those two things really speak to getting in our own way in terms of our careers, in terms of our often our our money. 
are either of those things anything you have been guilty of? And if not, what what have you uh, kind of dealt with or perhaps even a struggle specifically in your area of expertise and what you do and how you, you deliver your brilliance? So I have been guilty of, in the beginning, giving everything away for free. Um, in, in a situation where I just wanted to make connections, I wanted to build relationships. And so I found myself, every time I found someone that was in the space where I wanted to be, volunteering to help, volunteering information, um, providing um, um, structure to people who didn't have structure and helping them with how to grow their business. And oftentimes it gave, I received nothing in return. So there was no reciprocity. There was a lot of people taking and me not getting anything in return. So not being elevated. Um, and, and literally I, I, and I'm not ashamed to share this in the beginning, I was a doormat. Um, and, and it was very painful for me to the point where I almost felt like giving up. And then I said, you know what, Tiffany, this is not about them. This is not about how they treat you. This is about how you treat yourself. And this is about you seeing value in yourself. And one of my girlfriends said to me, Tiffany, you think that your value is nothing because there's no money attached to it because you're not making money right now. When I was used to being a breadwinner, I was used to being in six figures. So at that point in my life, when I was making that kind of money, I felt brilliant. Like when you, right, when you right. associate your intelligence or your expertise or your experience with a dollar, yeah, when you yeah, get a yeah. lot of money, you feel awesome. When you're getting nothing, you feel uh, like deflated and understanding that none, the money doesn't dictate my expertise. What really dictates my expertise is my enthusiasm, my passion, my studying, how I deliver it. And then it's up to me to set the price. No one else. One of my favorite books, and I don't know, you may be familiar with this. It's called The War of Art by mm. Stephen Pressfield. And this book is, is all about resistance. And when I, I first heard about that, I was like, resistance? I mean, what, <laughs> what exactly is, is he talking about? And he, he's essentially showing all the different forms that resistance shows up as in our mm. lives. That that is sometimes procrastination, sometimes second guessing yourself, out. Sometimes it's laziness. Sometimes it's, I, you know, it's hiding behind certain things or maybe even certain people. It is, how is that something or how have you dealt with resistance? And this is kind of a two-part question. And do you recognize resistance when it shows up? Oh, wow. So Mm, that is a good subject. Um, so he is correct that procrastination is definitely um, one of those things. And I, it's interesting because for a long time, I would say to myself, I am not a procrastinator. I'm a get things done kind of girl. What I did learn is that there are different forms of procrastination. Um, and even um, one of the, the things that we do to resist is self-sabotaging. And that's a major one for women, very specifically. So I would say, um, yes, I, I do understand that that which you resist persists. You will continue to cycle into those situations mm -hmm. until you get a good handle on why you're cycling into it and until you fix it. So for me, my um, resistance was instead of focusing on myself, I focused on everyone else around me. I was that person that would help everyone else be better but myself. So if it was a project, I'm jumping on it. I'm helping people. Yes, I can bring my expertise to it and I can help this, that, you be better, but not helping. And that was my way of delaying helping myself. It was my way of delaying putting all of my energy and focus into my brand and myself because it was painful because I didn't want to fail. And I said, I know that I bring something wow. to other people. I know that I can help other people be great. And then if they fail, it's not on me. But when you focus 100% on yourself, it is possible that you may fail. It is possible that you may not meet the mark, but, but understanding that it's okay because now you've benchmarked for yourself. And if you sit back and you say, what worked? 
What were your best practices? What should I keep? And what do I need to discard? And it's okay to fail. It's okay to not necessarily meet a goal at 100%. But if you met it at 80%, that's good. And so for me, I can say that jumping onto other people's projects was definitely the way that I was resisting living in my own greatness. That That is so... Wow. <laughs> I just because that happens so often. I, I see that. I'm sure you see it in, in other people. Sometimes it's it's ourselves. And I think a lot of people, and women in particular, don't realize that's what we're really doing. And some of us will even kind of play the mortar role. You know, like I'm always helping other people. I'm always the supportive one. I, you know, even kind of becoming indignant and and wondering, wondering <laughs> why mm-hmm. things are not working out for us, why we're not seeing the same results other people are seeing, and not necessarily making that connection. Okay, this is not just about you being wonderful and you being supportive and you wanting to help these other people. This is really about you and yes. you hiding it as you're saying. That that's that's big. I read an article the other day and it said it actually said um that if there is a problem, if there's a problem, it's you and if there is a solution, it's you. Mm. Uh, and really understanding that for myself and becoming intentional about the projects that I um, get on now. Um, and, there, and, and, get, and I know that a lot of times people say that's selfish, but business is about being intentional. And you have to fix and grow yourself before you can help others. You have to be able to say that I'm going to do one through three for myself. And when I give, I'm going to give in such a way that it will lift everyone, including myself. You can't, like, if you're in the water and you letting everybody stand on your shoulders, you're the one that's going to drown. Right. You really have to, They, you know, you've heard this often. They tell you this on the plane. If you want to save your loved one, you got to put your mask on first, right? You have to save yourself first. And really learning that... And, and understanding how important that is, is super important. So now I'm still, now don't get me wrong. I'm still involved in other projects, but right. what I do right. is what I get involved in. And I'm also uh, very cognizant of how would those things help me grow as well as the project. So not just how, how can I help the project grow? Right. Mm-hmm. How can I grow as a result of being a part of this and shifting that just that yes. small mindset shift has made the difference in my life as well as in my business? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that makes sense because it's one thing if you are really if it's all about being altruistic and philanthropic and you helping other people, it, it's something else when it's your business and you can still help you can still serve in your business but you have to think like a business person like a marketer like you have to look at of you know what is my my rate of return on this uh, or return on investment if you yes. will so I, I I like that I, I'm really glad that you you shared that so what would you say because obviously you know taking action <laughs> is important but challenging sometimes right so what what would you say drives you or what do you say drives you to take action and especially to take aligned action, the right action, because there's plenty of things we can do and there's plenty of things that people do do, but they're not all effective. They're not all the right things. So, so what drives you to take the right action? Oh, Wow. Oh, goodness. That is such a good question. And I'm glad that I'm at the point I am right now in my business because I can answer that. If you asked me that question two years ago, I definitely would not have been able to answer that because I literally was throwing stuff up up against the wall and hoping stuff sticked. You know, I was kind of like the lady on color purple when she said, we're going to see what she throw on the wall and see what pretty colors she make. Right. Uh Um, Now I can tell you that um, what I do is I am very strategic. I sit down and I write a plan and I actually begin with the end in mind. What is it that I want to accomplish? Now, the thing about us as people, we care about the details of the outcome. 
Mm -hmm. How am I going to get there? And we want to be in control of that. I do not. What I do is I write down, what is your goal? What do you want to accomplish? I write down some of the people that I need to engage with to get there. I write down some of the tasks that I may need to do to accomplish that goal. And then I go about the business of doing it. And I don't focus on every single intricate detail of it because I understand that I'm not necessarily in control of every detail. I can only control so many things and I roll with it. Because at the end of the day, it's about the outcome. So I say, Tiffany, are you working towards the outcome? Are you arriving at the outcome? And how you got there doesn't matter as long as you did it with integrity. So that's the point. So what I did was I stopped, I literally stopped killing myself over the details of being perfect. Mm. I literally Mm -hmm. do it. I read a book by, um, probably going to chop her name up, but I believe it is uh, Mel Gibbons and it is called um, the um, five second rule. Yes, I know it well. Okay. And that, and that changed my life. So I started, I realized that my, I realized, like I said, that jumping onto other people's projects was a way for me to stall doing things for me. And so what I said is that now when I have something I want to do, I don't think about it. I, I do it. I get it done. Um, mm-hmm. And I say to myself, what did you learn? Immediately after I do it, I say, what did you learn? But the other thing that I learned about taking action is you feel so much better when you just do it. Mm-hmm. So even even if it's flawed, even if it's not perfect, when you do it, you say, you know what? That really wasn't that bad. Why was I taking yep. so long to do that? <laughs> yeah. And, and then yep. once you do that, then now you can shape it because I've done it before. I'm no longer afraid of it. And now I can actually improve it and take it to the next level. So taking action is very much about getting out of your own way not being afraid and saying, what's the worst that can happen? Because for me, the worst that can happen in any case is that, you know, you die. Most of the time, we're not going to do it. You know, most of the time, we're not going to do anything that's going to cause that in our business. So just do it as a woman. Don't be afraid. I want to add one more thing. A lot of times women worry about what they look like. Like, I don't want to do these videos because I'm worried about my hair. I'm worried about my makeup. I'm worried about, this is what I say. If you have good content, if you are an expert in your field and if you are telling people what they need to know, people should be more focused on your content and the goodness of the experience of what you're giving and them. And they are. Yeah. <laughs> they they usually are. Oh my goodness. Okay, so you you dropped a, a few gems there. And I want to make sure people do not miss, and the ladies in particular do not miss you what you said about details. And feeling the need to control all these details and you getting over that because that's an issue as well. I think that is an example of getting in getting in our own way. Um, and, and the whole thing with perfection, I, I often say, you know, we got to stop chasing perfection and chase possibilities. Yes. <laughs> we miss out on a number of the possibilities because we're chasing perfection. The book you mentioned, the the author, um, her name is Mel Robbins. Okay, thank I'll, you. I'll make sure I, I include that in the the notes. But yes, I'm very familiar with that book. It, it that is awesome. The five second rule. So, kind of stand along the lines of perfection. Would you say you are comfortable with imperfection? You embrace imperfection, or Tiffany, do you tolerate it? I'm going to say at this point, I am comfortable with it. Um, And I say the reason why is I have, I have had some opportunities where um, I had some deliverables and those deliverables really only technically impacted me. And, And I said to myself, Hey, you know what? Here's the thing. You can only do what you can do and then you and and then you have to be okay with that. So I'll give you an example. Um, a lot of people don't want to put their product out until it looks a certain way. Yes. And understanding that as long as it is presentable, that's fine. So think about it like this: if you have a book and you have a title and you have good content mm-hmm. and you have a good cover, sometimes people want their stuff to look exactly like somebody else's. That's their mm-hmm. idea of perfection. Mm-hmm. But it can. It can only look like what you can do. Like, so, how does that work? It, you know what I'm saying? So whatever your budget is, 
wherever you are in your mm-hmm. space, you have to be okay with that and know that it's not a finished product. Everything about you is a growing, th- like your business plan is a growth o- opportunity. Your book is growth. You can edit a book. So what is not great the first time? That's why they got first edition, second edition, <laughs> third edition, right. right? So just understanding that, understanding that you're not going to get everything right. You you have the opportunity to go back and perfect it. But the even better thing about us as women, be transparent and let people people know I'm not perfect. I'm on a journey. And this is where I am in this journey. And I hope that you stay with me as a tribe or a community to see how I grow. And when you share that with people and when people understand that I'm like you, I'm I'm just like you. I don't necessarily have the formula, but I'm starting and I'm trying. And a lot of times you'll find that women will respect your transparency because they, they're going through the same thing you're going through. They're struggling with perfection. They're struggling with doing everything themselves and wearing 17 hats. It's okay because you're going to make mistakes over. You will make mistakes over and over and over again through the process. So, but that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. So we, we are both women of color. We, we interact with other women of color. Um, would you say the consequences of getting in your own way of, of uh, different forms of self-sabotage, do you think uh, the consequences are greater for women of color? Ooh, okay, yes. And so I'm gonna say some things that people, I'm, I'm gonna say some things that people may not agree with, but I have found this to be a truth. Oh, say it. Um, <laughs> specifically women of color, I think a lot of us have been beaten down or downtrodden um, in, in our lives. Like even, even starting as children, um, we're, we're, a lot of us have grown up in homes where, where we've been told to be seen, not heard. Right. Um, a lot of us have been, have been told that um, don't make waves. Right. You get to, to yep. not necessarily yep. to be passive, but the goal is that they don't want us to make waves or they want us to be the ones that are always trying to see things from other people's perspective. And and a lot of times we don't see our value because we're so busy giving value to everyone else, our family, our children, our husbands, our community, our church. We're giving value to everyone and then we forget about us. And and so and then what happens is we get bitter because we've given so much and don't have enough left over for ourselves. And then we become bitter. And then it kind of turns our personality into that. You, you'll hear people say, oh, she got a chip on her shoulder. It's not really, it may be a chip, but it has grown there over time because they have given so much and felt like they've not been appreciated and felt like they've not gotten back or had received reciprocity in a way that makes them feel good about themselves. So I would say yes, that as women of color, it is a lot more difficult for us. Um, but I also know that we are coming, so many of us are awakening. We are awakening. We are the fastest growing group of entrepreneurs. African-American women in 2012, I believe that it is 65% growth in that area over seven years. So we are, we are coming into our own. We are learning how to do this thing called business and we are being great at it. Um, And we are learning how to support each other so much more. Um, I get upset when people say that black women or women of color don't support each other. We do. It is. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's still problematic. We still have to learn how to have better conversations with each other. We still have to learn how to support each other um, in love. Right. Um, and and yes. express the love yeah. and express that. But but we're getting there. Well, yeah. And I, I think an example of that or something indicative of that is the collaboration we see. At least I see more collaboration and and kind of among women in general, but I I certainly see it among women of color. You know, the the whole thing that we don't have to compete. Yes. (laughs) Let's collaborate. Let's see how we can support each other, how we can hold each other up. Uh, If we're talking business, how we can add to each other's bottom line. So it it doesn't have to be a competition thing. So I, I definitely get that. Um, so let's shift gears just, just a little, because uh, a big part of this is 
you know, really, we kind of focus on two things with Project Get Out of Your Own Way. Getting out of the way of your mission and everything that kind of surrounds that and getting out of the way of your money. And so how, how do you think, and I don't know, maybe this has not been, been an issue for you, Tiffany, uh, but if so, how has limiting beliefs or maybe things that you grew up hearing, because often this goes back to our, our childhood, but have there been struggles, have there been issues surrounding money, how you look at money, making money, and, and kind of how have you dealt with that? That is such a good question. So I got to take a deep breath on that one. You ready? <laughs> um, there are probably a lot of women that have been through this, but um, growing up, we didn't really talk about money. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so that may have, that may start to be part of why being an entrepreneur and making my own money was, was a little bit more difficult for me than others. We didn't, in our house, we didn't talk about money. Um, so we had it and we didn't really talk about it. I knew my mother was good at budgeting it. I knew my father was good at making it and they own their own business. And I, I and I'm not ashamed to say it, I was spoiled growing up. I, I had a lot of advantages that the kids that I was around, they didn't have, but also I was an only child. So the money that we oh, made- well. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So the and I, money- I get that, cause I was an only child for like 11 and a half years. So I kind of get that too. So you see, so for me, I didn't have to compete with a sibling when it came to, um, you know, clothes or when it came to education or when it came to extracurricular activities. Um, It was easy, Um, even material things, easy. So we didn't really talk about it much. Um, I understood that money was important and I understood that making it was important, but but understanding how the energy makes money come to you Mm. is not something that I understood. What I did understand, my my parents were entrepreneurs and they really didn't ever want me to be an entrepreneur. Like my mother said to me, "Um, Tiff, this is a hard way to make your money. You're smart. I want you to go to corporate America and make money because if you make money, you can make a lot and you can have insurance and you can have, like you can grow. Like these are all the things that I got, right? Mm -hmm. And what she didn't know was the only thing I truly desired was to be like them because I felt like they were free. I felt like they, I felt like they had the opportunity. I felt like they didn't have to deal with anything they didn't want to deal with. And I when did you first think that? I mean, when that that's so interesting to me. I mean, were you a, a small kid, a teenager? I mean, when did you first even have that thought that that they're free because they, they work for themselves? I was 16 years old um, and I was about to go to college because I graduated from high school early and they were, they wanted me to go to college to become a computer programmer, um, which I'm good at it, but it wasn't a passion for me. And I said to myself, you know, I want to be a writer. I knew, I knew then I've known since I was six, I wanted to write. um, But I also knew that I wanted to speak and I wanted to train and I wanted to travel the world. And I knew those things at a, at a young age. And at 16, I was like, it would be awesome if I could do the things that I love. Back then, nobody in back then at this time, nobody was talking about live your passion. It was something that I desired to do, but it wasn't acceptable because we were in a time where you do what your parents tell you to do, right? Yeah. You, when yeah. they tell you that this is what you like, for instance, my parents were like, I'm not gonna support anything other than this, right? Yeah. So you're gonna go to college, you're gonna do this. So at 16 is, is when I really did figure it out. And then, but it took, and, and I realized that since 16 years old, I've been trying to start a business. I've started several businesses between 16 and, and let's say 2015. They weren't successful, but they, they taught me some things. So one of the things that I learned, don't ever wait for somebody or partner with somebody to start a business if they're hesitating. Sometimes you just got to go out there and do it for yourself, right? Um, so yeah. Hopefully I answered, um, hopefully I answered that question the way you want. Yes, I, I would say so. So we could, oh my goodness, this, this has been so good. We, we could go on for, for quite a while, <laughs> but unfortunately we, we have to wrap it up. By all means, share with us what is going on, what's going on with Velvet Robe Experience and your, your other ventures. Are there uh, any launches, products, services, events coming up that you, you want my audience to know about? 
Yes. So thank you very much. So um, Velvet Rope Experience Training Solutions is going to be having several different events. Um, so, and I'm excited about that. Um, the, I partner with the nonprofit Networking Cafe and we host a monthly event. And so every month, the last Thursday of the month, we have a um, nonprofit Networking Cafe meet and greet or networking mixer um, where we invite nonprofit organizations to come. But most importantly, business owners as well and people who desire to volunteer. It's about creating a community for the people that are into community business, that are into helping um, the community at large and helping people have a better quality of life, helping them meet with business owners who have the same desire um, and so that they can partner and network and maybe collaborate on some events in the community. So that's the last Thursday of every month. And it is at um, 2646 South Loop West. And it's the, it's the Consulting and Training Center. It is from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. The thing that I love about this particular um, mixer is that we have a presentation at 7 p.m. And it's always about something that business owners need or nonprofit organizations need. Mm -hmm. So this month we have a presentation about digital and video marketing, which is so important. Ooh, cool. And then, um, so that's for the month of, of February. And then also, but every month we have a topic that is very important to business owners. And it's only a 45 minute presentation, but it's enough to get people to understand and be aware of the importance of certain topics that definitely impact those four R's that I talked about. Right. And it with increasing those. So I'm excited about that. Um, the next thing that I am doing is I am involved in a collaboration with two dynamic women, um, Maya Carroll, as well as uh, Dr. Tasha Dickerson. And we have the new nonprofit CEO success model. And on May 18th, we will be doing phase two of that particular program. And it is specifically for nonprofit um, founders and people that want to be involved in the nonprofit realm. We teach okay. them how to think like a CEO um, because it's so important that nonprofit organizations understand that it's a business. It's just what you do with your money is different. The money from a nonprofit goes into the community, whereas an entrepreneur, it goes in your pocket or to your shareholders. Mm -hmm. But um, that's on May 18th. It is from, it's an all-day workshop. So people be prepared to come out, learn everything, be able to apply things. Um, and that is at the Hiram Clark Multi-Service Center here in Houston. And that's at 3810 West Fuquay. So I'm super excited about that. And then the last thing I have is my programming. So I'm excited that I finally finished my- um, We get excited about finishing. All right. Yes. Stepping out there and getting it done. So I finished a, a content strategies um, book for nonprofit or, um, owners, um, and I'm super excited about that. And that is going to be launching coming up really soon in the next two weeks. And then I also have a business planning journal um, that I will be launching for organizations that are struggling with getting their business plan done on their own. And really, the journal is about getting your thoughts out of your head because people have so much good content, but it's stuck in their head. And you can't help others and you can't explain or express the, the breadth of your business if you don't get those things out of your head. So I would invite people to join or follow me on social media. Um, I'm at Velvet Rope Experience on all across all social medias. And most importantly, I'd love for people to follow my YouTube channel um, because I'm going to start doing more um, video because digital video and marketing and what you're doing with your podcast is so imperative to business nowadays. So I'd like to invite people to, to follow me so they can find me at Tiffany Taylor Hicks or at Velvet Rope Experience on any social media platform. This is why I wanted to do this series. I wanted to highlight these, these amazing women right here in the city of Houston. If, if you are in Houston, you absolutely need to be connected with Tiffany Taylor Hicks. If you're coming to Houston, if you spend time in Houston, especially if you're in the business community, if you're in the nonprofit world, I mean, she can help you <laughs> either way. Uh, so definitely check her out. Tiffany, I know you mentioned yours, uh, how people can connect with you on social media. Please give your website and any other ways that folks can connect with you. 
Yes, so people can definitely connect with me on my website, which is www.velvetropeexperience.com. They can also email me. I, I am an email queen. I love following up with people via email. So that is Tiffany, spelled T-I-F-F-A-N-Y, at velvetropeexperience.com. And also people can give me a call as well. My number is 713 nine six zero eight and i love to chat with people i do consultations all the time i do um discovery calls to find out what people need i really just love building and networking with people um and as i watch people grow and as i help people grow it helps me grow as well so i just love networking with people and talking with them about their business wonderful you you gotta you gotta appreciate someone who gives their phone number you know that that doesn't happen a lot <laughs> these days and to want to keep their phone numbers secret. And it's like, are you, you are in business, right? Uh, yes. <laughs> so, yes. Stephanie, before we run now, you, you know, I, I'm, I'm a fun loving person here. Sometimes we, we, you know, the topics we talk about can get a little heavy. So I, I always like to, to lighten it up. So we, before we run, you, you have a choice here. You can either share a joke. Okay. Or we can play word association. Woo. Okay, both of those might get me in trouble. So I'm gonna let you lead and I'm gonna let let's do some word association. Let, let's do the word association. Okay. okay, all right. So just as soon as you hear this, just tell me what comes to mind when you, you hear these words or terms. Okay. All right. Laptop. Woo, husband. <laughs> okay, now I have to I have to pause. <laughs> I w I'm always intrigued by, by certain connections. So how does the husband relate to the laptop? Because I sleep with this bad boy. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> Diversity. Ooh. Boards. Board membership. Okay. Bugs Bunny. Carrots and health. Carrots and health. Okay. Reality TV. A hot mess. Mm. Okay, so we're gonna end, wrap it up right there. That's that's a good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if y'all did not hear that, I said reality TV. She said hot mess. So there, there you go. So Tiffany, thank you so much. It has been more than a pleasure. I am sure you guys got a lot out of this. So until next time, take care and take action. Bye.